0: Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably, maybe. This and other maybe facts of the Dynasty Crossroads. Check it out. Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing
1: the. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Well, once again, we are a two-legged tripod, Matt, because Ryan is is away, so it's just Matt and Dan on this week's episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast, the 523rd edition of the pod. Matt, how are you doing?
0: Doing well. Uh, Ryan must have had way too much fun at Disney to to, to join us. That's that's all I can can gather. Yeah. Yeah, good
1: times uh, all the time for Ryan <laughs> McDowell when it comes to hanging out with Mickey Mouse and uh, Buzz Lightyear and such. But um, we do have a great show, just the two of us this week. We're going to talk unsigned wide receivers. That'll be a fun conversation. Some, Also some, go to the other end of the spectrum, some breakout second-year wideouts. We want to we do some cash stash and future trash with those guys. That'll be fun. Might get into a listener question or two, but first we gotta do this. The startup. You know, Matt, it's the dead part of the fantasy football schedule. For a lot of us, I got I got some stuff going on. We have we have free agent auctions and leagues. My contract chaos league is having a dispersal right now. That's fun late in the off season, but for the most part, I feel,
0: I feel like that's probably partially my fault. I apologize for that dispersal happening right now. <laughs> oh
1: no, there were, there were plenty that, uh, that we had to replace when you have 48 teams in a league, there's going to be some turnover for sure. Uh, but we're having a good time with all that stuff. And, and it's so important. We talk about all the time, Matt, To To have events going on in the offseason, that's what we're trying to fill with. Well, the reason we have to fill is because there's not a lot of news, right? So we went scouring through news. There wasn't a lot of tidbits worth talking about. So we thought we'd just check in on the 101 from a year ago, both in the NFL draft and probably your Superflex rookie draft. That's Trevor Lawrence. Um, we haven't talked a lot about him this offseason outside of the coaching change and Travis Etienne probably stepping in at running back. A couple of signings there on that roster. We don't touch on the Jags all that off, often, and Lawrence is still, Matt, a player that you're investing in, a guy that you're going to be depending on moving forward in these Superflex leagues. Talk to me about, a little bit about his value as you see it in Superflex.
0: Yeah, I think he's undervalued. I know it's, what have you done for me lately? And Lawrence didn't do much for us last season, just 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Um, And, and, you know, the team wasn't able to attract any super high-priority, high-profile free agents, but we did get Christian Kirk, who ruined wide receiver contracts for everybody. Uh, You know, he was a pretty good player in Arizona. Uh, It's tough to see him necessarily as a dominant wide receiver one in the NFL, uh, but it's certainly an upgrade, I think, over what they had last season. And then, you know, one of our old favorites, uh, never really realized potential in New York, but Evan Ingram's in town now, and I'm pretty excited about what he's going to do. You mentioned Travis Etienne. Uh, so I think there's nothing but, but I mean, there's nowhere else to go but up, right? Like, you can't, can't be worse than last season with Urban Meyer and that whole debacle. So I am very optimistic about Lawrence. I still have him ranked as quarterback 8 16th overall in Superflex formats and he's not being at least on the trade in the trade market um, he is not being valued that way um, I don't think so uh, just to look at a couple of recent trades for him and you tell me what you think about each of these Dan we have two that involving Stafford so we'll start there Trevor Lawrence for Stafford in the 2023 third
1: that's a super, that's a super, flex a super trade, flex trade. Yeah, you're taking Lawrence all day, I, right? Just just for one.
0: age, just for I mean, we have this thing with Stafford and his elbow that's uncertain for for this season, so that's scary. Um, you know, a, a little bit of a bigger deal. I, I probably want the Lawrence side pretty easily on this one as well. Lawrence, Alexander, Madison, and Michael Pittman for Burrow and Donald Parham is is not going to be a thing, I don't think, since they signed Gerald Everett there for the Chargers. Um, and I don't think Burrow is that far off.
1: Pittman's too big of a, a space filler between those two that's players. That's a huge right?
0: piece. Like just just get rid of the other pieces. and just. Get, I mean, the other pieces don't matter, I guess, Parham and Madison necessarily. But yeah, Lawrence and Pittman for Burrow, I think that's uh, capitalizing on a little bit of uh, the Burrow's team from the Super Bowl and that playoff run. So I think that's easy. I mean, this one is a little bit questionable because I, I feel like we both are on the Lance side here, but Lance for Lawrence straight up. I think I would probably prefer Lance. Yeah, you, but,
1: there, there's going to be it's going to be 50-50. There'll be a lot of people on the Lawrence side, a lot of us on the Lance side as well. I'm, I'm I was a Lance guy from the beginning, so I'm on that side. But that one's that one's negotiable. Yeah, I think
0: I'd sure. I go Lance straight up just based on the unknown upside, but I mean, the argument is there for Lawrence, I think, pretty easily. So, I mean, I just don't think we're we're necessarily getting what we should be in for trades on him and I think we're seeing people give up after after year 1, which I guess is understandable considering how bad it was. Um, and the fact that they didn't have any high-profile free agents but or, or or rookies. But I think the weapons that he does have returning is a significant upgrade to what he had last year. And, I mean, the coaching staff is the biggest upgrade.
1: Yeah, Doug Peterson, no, a, a quarterback whisperer, at least to some extent, um, going to stabilize that coaching staff for for that young quarterback, for Trevor Lawrence, and, and the rest of that young offense, really. When you put everything together, there's – you mentioned it nowhere to go but up, but you know the pieces are in place. Maybe maybe there's some offensive line questions that still need um, still need addressed. Brandon Scherf was a nice addition. They gave Cam Robinson that that big extension, which is kind of surprising. He was he was ranked 31st among 39 offensive tackles by PFF. So not great there, but but that's been his best season as a Jaguar. So maybe that's why they brought him back. Brandon Linder, he, they lost him to retirement, so they got to replace their starting center. And right now on that offensive line, which was probably their biggest Achilles heel on offense, despite the lack of offensive skill players last year, there there's just a lot of maybes, right? Jawan Taylor's got to get better. Ben Barch has to step up and, and fill a, fill a role there on that offensive line as well. And I know that, that a lot of, a lot of Jaguars beat reporters are, are talking highly of those young offensive linemen along with Robinson, along with Scherf. Hopefully they find another name to fit in there as well. Um, I, I think uh, Tyler Shatley was a guy that played there last year on that offensive line. So you know, they, they got to fix that for Lawrence to stay upright. He was, he was running for his life too often last year. And I I think Peterson will get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker, Matt. I think he'll give him those opportunities to, to hit guys in stride early. You mentioned Christian Kirk. Uh, Zay Jones is also an addition. Hopefully Evan Ingram is a st- seam stretcher for those guys. And, and the holdovers like Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault are there as well. So you put all those pieces together, even with the shoddy offensive line, there's enough there for Lawrence to at least take a step forward. So, what should the expectations be at this point for 2022?
0: I mean, I 3,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. I would would anybody be surprised if we saw, you know. 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns 15 interceptions something like that I mean that doesn't seem like too much of a stretch for me I don't think we're going to get some 4,500 40 40 touchdown kind of kind of year from him but to get up to that highest 20s low 30s kind of range from a touchdown standpoint I don't think is out of the question at all yeah that's what that's where that's the range I was
1: thinking you might even bump a few more yards in there they're gonna be they're going to probably try to establish the run early in the season, see how that goes, and work off of that. That's that's Peterson's M.O. That's what he likes to do. And he likes to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Listen, Lawrence finished last season as quarterback 22. And that doesn't sound great, especially when you mention the 3,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 17 picks. He... He was up and down for sure, and only was a quarterback won twelve percent of his seventeen games, a quarterback two finished in forty seven percent of games, and then a quarterback three plus forty one percent of the time. Those aren't the kinds of numbers that you, you feel confident that you're gonna be able to put him in your starting lineup. I mentioned quarterback twenty-two. Of the eighteen quarterbacks drafted, Matt, in the first uh in the first round of the NFL draft since twenty seventeen. Only five finished better than how Lawrence finished last season. And that list includes Josh Allen, who is quarterback 21, just one spot ahead. Includes Daniel Jones at quarterback 20 in his rookie year. Also, Baker Mayfield finished quarterback 16 as a rookie. Justin Herbert, quarterback 10 in that magnificent rookie season. And then Kyler was quarterback 7. So, 18 of them have, have, have finished their rookie season only five better than Trevor Lawrence. And that includes guys like Joe Burrow, quarterback 25 in his rookie season. You mentioned the trade right there. He made a big jump in year two. Those things are possible, right? Um, also includes includes Tua Tungvaloa, quarterback 33 in his rookie season, part-time player. You know, I'm sure Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson would have finished a lot higher, if not for playing limited playing time, only playing seven or eight games for those guys. Uh, we'll have to see how it shakes out right now, but... There have been so many names that have rolled through here in the last five or six years, and we've been we've been spoiled to some extent. The guys like Kyler and Justin Herbert, Matt, you know, just because Justin L- L- or or uh, Trevor Lawrence had a had a poor rookie season for fantasy sta- standards, doesn't mean anybody should be writing him off
0: at this point. No, not at all. I mean, I, I hope we're closer to those kind of names than we are to to Baker and Daniel Jones uh, after year two. Um and i right. and I think we will be i mean it it's really tough to get over the stigma of the team that he plays for and how bad that rookie season was, but we have similar concerns with 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 guys like Zach Wilson who you know finished worse than than trevor Lawrence did last season um so i I just think we have to realize that this is a different team, a different coaching staff, and that trevor lawrence we have to think back to how highly we thought about him. Uh, even before the rookie I mean he was the 101 in his rookie draft two seasons before being before being drafted right so I just we just have to remember the good times with Trevor Lawrence and uh, get ready for him to come back in in year two
1: yeah I, I probably misspoke because Mac Jones last season he finished as the quarterback 20 so that puts a sixth name in there I guess as well um but other rookies last year Davis Mills quarterback 29 Zach Wilson who you mentioned quarterback 30 Justin Fields quarterback 31 Trey Lance had kind of an incomplete season he goes on the list with guys like Patrick Mahomes and and uh and a few others that that didn't play a whole lot as rookies I I just think there is a little bit of hate out there for Trevor Lawrence and nobody should be surprised if suddenly he's he's in the conversation to be a top five or six quarterback in our game because he still has that kind of potential
0: uh anything else to yeah i got one for you if somebody you know we we probably have no idea yet but we have some idea looking at teams if you have a offer in your inbox that looks like it could possibly be a top three 2023 first are you taking that for lawrence or are you sticking with lawrence in a super flex format I think I'm sticking with Lawrence right now. And and I love that class and
1: that that's so hyped right now. We're all talking about it. it. Seems like every week it's mentioned here on the podcast. But but you know, holy cow, think about what we thought of Trevor Lawrence a year before he came out and how much hype there was then. So, uh I'm going to roll with Lawrence on that one and and it might be a roll of the dice to some people, but but it feels like the right go- way to go. To me, you too. It's yeah,
0: I mean, I, I think unless something changes between now and this point next season, I think that, you know, coming out of college, Lawrence was still a better prospect than either Stroud um, or the other guy who I'm not thinking of right now. Bryce Young, one of the, those two guys, I believe are the two Bryce top team, two yeah. quarterback prospects for next season. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but we thought much higher of Lawrence as a prospect than I think we will either of those two.
1: Absolutely. Stick with Lawrence. He's, he's got all that upside for a reason. You down
0: with ADP? Yeah, you know me.
1: We're always down with ADP here on the DLF dynasty podcast. And we want to use this segment this week, Matt, to talk about some of the unsigned veteran wide receivers and, and kind of have a conversation about what we can expect as dynasty players. If we can expect any short term value from some of these vets and, you know, the names, as I looked through ADP this past month, Matt, that, that really stuck out to me, there were a handful of them. Uh, I guess I guess three, really, that, that really jump off. It's Odell Beckham Jr. at wide receiver 74, 166 overall. Will Fuller, wide receiver 96, 221 overall. And then Julio Jones, wide receiver 109, 254 overall. These three guys, Matt, haven't signed yet. But I think the expect it's pretty fair to expect all three to be in camp at some point, whether that's at the beginning of camp or right before the NFL regular season kicks off. You know, they're they're all in, in a different situation. But if you have to if you have to go get one of these guys, who's the guy for you?
0: <laughs> Man, that's really hard. I think the easy answer is Odell Beckham if you don't need any production out of him um but if you want somebody that's going to be playing in week 1 i think i would go with will fuller i mean we haven't seen anything from him in and really almost almost a, like a full season and maybe a little bit more uh, uh, at this point but you know we we were excited about him in miami I think if he lands in a place with a quarterback that has a nice deep ball, then we'll be excited about him again. And uh, I have been drafting him a little bit on and some best balls on, on on underdog. And you have his ADP there at one eighty seven. He's basically free there. I mean, all of these guys are basically free, um, right? Both in dynasty and in in redraft right now. But Fuller to me is is the has the most intrigue, mostly because he's he doesn't have the injury that Odell Beckham's going to be coming back from uh and he's not 33 years old like Julio Jones is. There's
1: there's some interesting, you know, rumblings throughout the league when it comes to Fuller. You know, there's there's all the all the rumblings out of Baltimore that they're going to add a receiver at some point. That seems like a match. They could use that deep threat to spread the field to go along with the young receiver Bateman. Um, there's all that stuff coming out of Green Bay that, you know, Coach LaFleur a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, was talking about how they, they need a guy that can take the top off the defense and create some space underneath. Maybe they have that in one of those young receivers. Maybe they don't. These are these are prime locations for a veteran to sign, and Will Fuller seems like one of those guys that, that could play that type of role and not only create opportunities for himself and his dynasty value – but perhaps create opportunities for the rest of the offense if he, if he lands in the right spot. Outside of Baltimore, uh, Green Bay, maybe Indianapolis should be thrown on the list for some of these veterans. Is there any other landing spots that really jump off to you?
0: No, I mean, I th- I think you got the big ones. There are certainly teams that need wide receivers, but I feel like these guys, they've waited this long. You know, maybe it's because of lack of interest. I kind of find that a little bit hard to believe that nobody has called any of these guys. But I feel like they're all kind of waiting for their spot on a team that is going to be a contender. But, I mean, if you want to throw out any teams out there that's wide receiver needy, you know, um, I think that he could have they, any of them could probably have some success, success on a team like the Falcons, who just have, you know, the the hopefully future stud and 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 Drake London, and of course the the current stud and and Kyle Pitts, and there's not a whole lot after that. So that was the one that immediately first came to mind. Um, but I, like like you said, I, I think that these guys are are. They're in a spot where they can be a little choosy, I think, if they even still want to play. I mean, does Julio Jones still want to play football? We don't really even know that necessarily yet. I think he still can play football. He had, what was it, week two, he had that big 150-yard game. So as long as he's healthy and and when he's on the field, I think he can be productive. The same with, with these other two guys as well. Um, but I just think we're going to be, we're, we're at the spot with them where they're probably not going to want to participate too much in training camp, right? And they're going to want to play for a contender. So I think their, their options are a little bit limited.
1: There's always the allure of the big quarterbacks, right? If if one of these happened to land in Kansas City where he's only only has to play 25 snaps a game or or if one of them somehow ends up in Cincinnati, or I mentioned Baltimore, you know, with these quarterbacks that we really love, these guys could move up uh, in in dynasty rankings on that ADP that you talked about over there at underdog. I did want to have a conversation about Odell Beckham Jr. specifically because there was the, I guess the blurb, whatever he put out on Instagram that he played Late last season on that torn ACL, it wasn't just the injury in the Super Bowl. If that's all true, and he played in L.A. with with that torn-up knee, 27 catches, 305 yards, and 5 touchdowns in 8 games with L.A. last year, and then had a really great uh, finish to the season and playoffs, a top 36 wideout in 5 of the last 7 weeks, uh, include two, including 2 low-end wide receiver 1-type weeks. Six for sixty-nine in the divisional round against Tampa Bay. That was a that was a pretty nice showing in that game. NFC Championship game, nine for one hundred and thirteen. Big showing for you know like blast from the past type showing from OBJ. Looked explosive in that game, and then until he got hurt in the Super Bowl against the Bengals, two catches for fifty-two yards and that nice touchdown grab. He looked like the same OBJ that was dy- dynamic back in New York and and maybe in glimpses in Cleveland. But he showed dynasty managers that he can be he can be a real asset. He's a guy that I'm kind of chasing this offseason. Here just recently, in the last couple of weeks, because that ADP is so low, Matt, 166 overall, we're talking about guys around him in ADP that may never play for your fantasy team. I know it's round 14 or 15, wherever you get him. But, but usually you're considering him against guys that are like, well, if everything yeah. breaks right, I can play him at some point. And OBJ is a guy, when he gets healthy, he's going to be on a team. He's probably going to get a nice landing spot with a good quarterback. I have a feeling dynasty managers are going are to hit a stretch again. where We're going to want him. Especially if we're getting them at, like wide receiver four, wide receiver five type price. Yeah,
0: and I mean in that Super Bowl, it it seemed like he was just going to have a massive game until that that, that kind of it, it was just what? so so disappointing. And it seemed like he was a major part of the the game plan for the Rams too, because that offense kind of stalled out in that game uh, once once that injury happened. So it's just. So depressing. I guess my main concern for for Beckham in terms of like paying anything for him is that I don't know if we're going to get anything out of him this season, just because that injury was so late. And if it was, if it if it was, uh, you know, actually a, a bad issue in in the regular season too, and then it just got exacerbated in the in the Super Bowl, then that it seems like a bad sign to me. Um, I mean, we just saw Cam Akers come back after an Achilles within within one season, so I'm not saying it's not possible for an ACL with OBJ. It just feels like. You're, I mean, if, we, if he comes back in week twelve, I mean, are you gonna, are you going to really feel good about plugging into your lineup the last two weeks of the regular season or in the playoffs? I guess we just need a couple of data points there. So that's my main concern with him in terms of paying paying anything for him. I think I don't I don't even know if I really want to send a second for him at least in next year's class. But if I can get him for a third or you know maybe a couple of thirds, maybe uh, maybe a a player and a third for OBJ. You know, I think that's something that I might consider. But I think the second is probably where I'm drawing a line. Yeah, we're drafting him in the 13th or 14th round, like I said. The wide receivers
1: around him in ADP, Matt, Corey Davis, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Brian Edwards are the three being drafted ahead of him. After him, Tim Patrick, Tyquan Thornton, and LaVisca Chenault. Van Jefferson comes up shortly after that. I want OBJ over all those guys and, and I could go a little bit higher. You know, it, it, there's me Hardman and, and, you know, uh, there Russell Gage was on that list. and, And I know dynasty managers are excited about a few of these guys. Maybe they can turn things on like Gage and Hardman, but man, OBJ has showed it in the past. And I, it really feels to me like that guy's motivated. He wants to find that landing spot, get that opportunity late this season, and we're talking about dynasty here if you're investing in obj you're not buying him for twenty twenty two you're buying him for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four and if he's in the right spot, i wouldn't be shocked if he has wide receiver two type type seasons in his future and you're not getting that down in round fourteen. I just
0: pulled up uh some trades real quick here um so there's not there's I, when I use the trade finder I don't know how you like to use it, damn but I, and I'm looking at a specific player I like to like I like to find a trade where they're one of the focuses of it or maybe the only part on one side of the deal uh, and those are really hard to find with yeah. players that are that far down so like he's a part of a bunch of like trades with a million pieces in them those aren't that valuable to me if we go down about uh, a little less than a month ago he was traded straight up for James Robinson um, uh, Beckham in mm-hmm. a first for Dalton Schultz. Uh, I mean I wouldn't pay for pay a I wouldn't pay a first for Schultz anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean there's just not there's just not a whole lot there. Beckham in a third for Mayfield and a second in a one quarterback league. I'll probably take Beckham there, I guess.
1: Yeah, I want Beckham there as well. You know, for reference, he finished wide rece- as wide receiver 56 last season. But in those eight games that he played with LA, he had a wide receiver eleven finish. Actually, two of them wide receiver eleven finishes, and then three wide receiver twenty to wide receiver twenty eight finishes. So there was one dud in there where he finished wide receiver one hundred four and had only one catch. But you know he was new to the team and he was doing this. And and you know there's been there's been all the all the rumors of, of where he could land, and we mentioned some of the teams earlier, Matt. You, you put him in Green Bay, you put him in Indianapolis, you put him in Baltimore. There's a handful of other teams that would love to have him, I'm sure. Um, if we get the landing spot, he's going to create some value. And, you know, I, I hope it's a, a multi-year contract that he gets with a good con, with a good quarterback to create some of that value. Why wouldn't
0: uh, Why wouldn't – I guess another concern I have is why wouldn't L.A. just bring him back? He was productive for them. They know him why wouldn't they just bring him back sure you know so that's a little bit scary too i would i wouldn't have a problem with
1: that either even with alan robinson and cup yeah. already there he was you know he was playing third he was expected to play third fiddle to woods you know when he arrived there in los angeles it didn't work out that way because of the woods injury but uh that that wouldn't scare me off of around 14 adp the last real name we should talk about here is julio jones it was it was a disappointment right for for Julio in in Tennessee. Uh went horribly. Now wide receiver 109, 254 overall undrafted in some in some dynasty leagues that are starting up right now, I think. 198 ADP in on Underdog. So people are buying because they can get him in the last round, have a chance that maybe he lands in one of those spots, reunion with Matt Ryan potentially. Can we expect anything out of Julio if he gets on the field here in 2022? I,
0: I, th- I think we can if he is – when he's on the field. Um, I saw on t- a tweet the other day. I think it was Nick P- Pintakoff.
1: Matt, you watch football every single week. <laughs> How many games did did Julio Jones play last year? Jeez. Uh, eight?
0: Am I Mom, close? Okay. I, I, I would have guessed four,
1: I But I looked up his numbers. He played ten games. Yeah, I was gonna say I
0: think it was more than that. But he had he had a he had a. I guess he really only had one big week. I think it was week two against Seattle. But otherwise, wasn't a whole lot. But I think also maybe that was a part of partially the product of the offense. You know, I mean maybe he's not going to put up big fantasy numbers for us anymore. But I mean, if he went to a team like you said that's lacking a true number one, it's it's a, a team that that maybe where he can be a veteran presence that's going to kind of kind of train the teach the the young guys what if he ended up in new england like would he be the wide receiver one in new england yeah that'd be fun i think so and
1: i and i think that would restore some short-term value that's another nice landing spot actually when you think about mac jones um uh, julio is is really an odd one because if you have him on your team already it means you paid for him more than way more than what <laughs> yeah. he is worth. Maybe you, maybe you drafted him number one overall a handful of years ago. Or maybe you traded for him when he went to Tennessee thinking, maybe I can squeeze a couple of years out of him. It's just not, it hasn't worked. He had that, that one wide receiver two finish, and then a whole bunch of wide receiver five and six finishes last year. I don't have a lot of faith that we're going to have Julio Jones in our lineups all that much next season, but with the prices that you'll probably have to pay, you sometimes you don't even have to pay, play a, pay a third round pick to get him at this point. You know, you're you're paying a fourth round pick or a player that's that's way down there on your bench or something like that. I'm I'm fine with having he still deserves a roster spot and it's sad. That I it's
0: I would with agree that. with that, but unless I am like a, a stone cold contender and you know, he's like my fourth or fifth or hopefully were or, uh hopefully lower than that option on my team and i'm just waiting around for him otherwise I, if i'm a middle of the pack team if i'm a team that's not competing i'm taking literally anything i can get for him at this point sure
1: and i'm, I'm probably selling him as well i don't i don't think there's a whole lot of juice left in that one uh, last name we should mention no. here he doesn't have a adp mat but cole no. beasley no dlf adp I saw him drafted in an underdog draft one week and I I thought, "Whoa. People are people <laughs> are buying is, into that. Is he going to
0: find a team?" I, I mean, maybe, but I I have I have no interest. He, he 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 really didn't have any value until he ended up in a high-powered offense. Uh, And even at that point, it was because there was a, you know, pretty much a lack of options outside of Stefan Diggs. He wasn't, he wasn't super productive before Diggs got there, before Allen got there. He was, you know, somebody that we always flirted with having a a, a fantasy relevance when he was in Dallas. So uh, I, 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 I kind of don't think he's going to find a team, but if he does, I don't think I'm interested either.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think I am either. It would take a, take a really unique situation for him to garner any interest anymore so i'm buying beckham you're buying fuller we're probably both selling julio and we'll leave cole beasley on the uh dan Dan, i got a i got a fun
0: question for you you might know it what's uh do you know julio jones's actual name his real name
1: oh boy no i I think i've heard it before quintoris
0: lopez jones i don't know how you get to julio from quintoris but there you have it.
1: There you have it indeed. Hey, if you're listening and you've never signed up at Underdog Fantasy, which we've been talking about here on the show, hit pause and go do it right now. If you sign up with Underdog using the promo code DLF, the deposit or in deposit a minimum of ten dollars, you're gonna get a year of DLF premium access for free. Underdog will also match that deposit up to a hundred bucks, so you'll immediately have funds to go play Best Ball Mania 3 season-long best ball league, which has a grand prize of $2 million. If you happen to be more into daily fantasy, if that's more your style, try their Pick'em contests, which are head-to-head player props. That's a lot of fun as well. So go check out Underdog today. But don't forget, you have to enter that promo code DLF. That's DLF in order to receive your free year of DLF premiums. Uh, And if you already are a DLF premium subscriber, that isn't a problem. We'll just add that, that year to your existing subscription. That'll be all done within 36 hours. Remember the promo code, DLF, Underdog Fantasy, best place to play uh, to play fantasy. Cash, stash, or future trash. This is always a fun one, a Matt, Matt Price special, uh, cash stash or future trash. And this, this week we're going to, we're gonna focus in on the second-year wide receivers, Matt, and you know, with the idea of maybe you know, typically we could get into the history of it. We probably don't have time for a whole lot of it. There's a lot of second-year breakouts. I remember ten, maybe 15 years ago, it was always the the third-year breakout at wide receiver. That's what we were waiting for. But these guys coming out now, they're so good that they're making an impact as a sophomore. A lot of them making big impacts as freshmen as well as rookies. So let's just go through the list. We're we're gonna try to try to name these guys either cash, stash, or trash. Cash being a twenty twenty two breakout is coming. Uh stash. We have to keep waiting, but it's probably coming down the road. And then trash. It's just not gonna happen for this guy. I think we could probably probably erase the top two, I agree, two names. Agreed, agree. right, Matt? We got Jamar Chase. We got Jalen Waddle. Both of those guys are, are clear cash. They've already broken out. They did it as rookies, and we'll just we'll just ease right <laughs> on by those guys and talk about a couple more guys here first. Let's go with De- Devonta Smith, Eagles wide receiver. How you leaning here? A nice rookie season, but but no real breakout. Is it coming in 2022 for Devontae?
0: This one is tough because I I thought it was coming, um, but now we've got AJ Brown in town, and we have a, an offense that we know is going to run the ball an awful lot. I think think we're going to see some kind of uptick in passing. I mean, they did spend all of that money and all of those draft picks to acquire AJ Brown, so you you would think that you know assumption of rational front front office management that they're going to want to be a little more pass heavy uh, in in the second year of of Jalen. Um, jalen hurt starting so um i i'm optimistic about Devonte smith finishes wide receiver 30 last year from a total points perspective only just only 10.9 points per game for for us though which is not super exciting and now he's got to compete with aj brown so unless the passing volume increases significantly uh then i i feel like he's we're gonna have to put him in the stash category we're gonna have to kind of keep waiting for that break breakout to to occur Uh, and I don't know, like wide receiver 30 for him. You think he finishes higher than that this, this season?
1: Yeah, I, I think he does. He finishes as a wide receiver two, three ish, you know, which is a lot better. He's going to be 25, 23, 28, (laughs) something along those lines. You know, the the thing is, we, we saw the potential breakout uh, early in the season and then towards midseason. He had a couple-game stretch against the Chargers and then the Broncos where where he just had big games and, and was scoring touchdowns, right? Five for 116 and a score, four for 66 and two touchdowns against the Broncos. And we thought, here it comes. This is the tip of the iceberg. He, he's getting downfield. He's creating that separation. And they're creating opportunities for him down the field. So he had the the three the three big games three four big games, but those those came with touchdowns for the most part. And I, I know he had the seven for one twenty two against the Chiefs early in the season, but in, in that Philadelphia offense, like you said, the, they're going to have to spread the ball around a little bit more. And you know Dallas Goddard even needs to get his those running backs get involved in the passing game. And Hurts does so much with his legs uh, on second reaction that that takes away opportunities from the wide receivers. I'm with you, I think. It's probably a breakout is coming, but not quite yet. So he's a stash and the way we have this set up. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if that breakout happens. And because A.J. Brown is getting all that attention, he gets deep more often than not and creates a big play that makes your week. Let's jump over to Kadarius Tony, New York Giants wide receiver, who just like Smith, he he had a stretch, right? It was a one, small window, a one, one week where, stretch where he looked one week stretch. Oh man, he he looked so good in that one and a half games, though, Matt. That if he could spread that out over a whole season, he could, you know, he's going to be a wide receiver one if he can do those types of things. And you know, I think the breakout's coming. He's cash for me. I want him on every team. I want to capitalize because I want to be right on him so badly, uh, and I love that what he what he did in that short window last year. Where do you fall?
0: I think there's no middle ground with he's he's a player where there's no middle ground. He's either going to smash like you said uh, and break out this season, or he's gonna fade away into nothing. Um, I don't think there's really any any middle ground with him. He's he's such a, a talented athlete. I'm just not sure that he knows how to play wide receiver. Um, but I mean, there's opportunity in spades this season. So if he stays healthy, if he keeps his head on his shoulders, isn't a knucklehead like he was last season and in college, uh, I can definitely see it under the new coaching staff. And if, you know, a lot of this also depends on Daniel Jones taking a step, uh, under this coaching staff uh you know but maybe if if for some reason jones doesn't and we have to go to tyrod taylor maybe that might actually be better for tony with the short and intermediate stuff just get the ball in his hands and let him go so i can see it i I, i'm gonna say cash but like it's it's like razor thin between cash and trash for me i don't think he's i don't think he's even worth considering as a stash at all if he doesn't hit this year i just can't see him hitting he is the definition of a dynasty lottery
1: ticket that either pays off right away right now, or it's something you can just tear up and throw in the garbage a year from now, because it's, it's now or never. It feels like as a dynasty manager, he's got to do it as a second year player, or he quickly fades away uh, just as fast as one of those, one of those cut moves that he made against the saints uh, last season. I, I really love his game. I hope he's got his, His uh, head on his shoulders, right, because uh, he can be a dynamic playmaker. Let's move on to another first-round wide receiver. It's Rashad Bateman for the Baltimore Ravens. I think we talked about him a couple times over the last month or two. Um, As a guy that we're keeping our eye on, he's got a huge opportunity, Matt, to be that number one wide receiver in Baltimore. I wish Ryan was on the show because he has a stat that he brings out every now and then about Baltimore receivers not ending as wide receiver ones in so many years for fantasy (laughs) managers. I don't know if Bateman has that kind of upside, especially in 2022. I think maybe that makes him a stash for me because, you know, if Lamar's on the field for 16 games, he's going to run a lot. And, and Bateman may rely on, on Lamar Jackson being there to create that upside for himself. I think even even if he has a really good season, he's going to have some ups and downs. I don't know how he in, ends up at 80 catches or 1,400 yards or or double-digit touchdowns. That's going to take a magical season. I'm not sure he's ready to do that just yet, Matt. I love Rashad Bateman. I want him on every Dynasty team. But I, I decided I have to make him a stash because these guys can't all be cash.
0: Ooh, I've, I was surprised about that. Bateman for me is def is outside of the top two that we didn't talk about and chase and Waddle. I think, I think Bateman is the the next, next on the cash list for me. He, the, 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 the target funnel on that team is Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. That that's it. That that's, that's all there is. We can, we and a veteran who they sign in. That That's po- certainly possible, but it's not going to be De- Devin DuRenay, who I still like James Prochet. Prochet is starting to get some, some buzz uh, at, at the end of camp here. I just don't think there's going to be enough targets to go around for those guys, but I think there's going to be plenty of targets for Rashad Bateman. So, you know, maybe he doesn't finish top 12, but I think he definitely finishes in the top 20. Uh, we saw Marquise Brown, uh last season finish as the wide receiver 22 but at the beginning of the season he was hot he was i I believe like the wide receiver six or eight or something like that through the first half of the season so um you know a lot of that was some deep balls with with lamar jackson rashad bateman is a little bit different of a play style he can certainly get deep too but he's going to garner a lot of those more intermediate uh receptions too so um i think i think he's definitely a cash for for 2022
1: yeah you know we originally thought about doing this segment where we were just going to bring a couple cash players up and I had Bateman listed as one of those players because I want him to be cash so much but the more I've thought about it the more Baltimore runs the ball and that's that's just what they want to do they want to they want to hammer that running game I don't know if the consistency will be there for him to be a top 20 wide receiver over the entire season it would take it would take a lot of big games right for for a for a player to land in the top 20 you got to you got to have multiple wide receiver one weeks and and way more wide receiver two weeks. And I'm just not really convinced that that's going to happen for Bateman. Although he does have, have wide receiver one upside and and he does have the potential to have huge games. I have him in leagues and I can't wait to put him in my lineup. I just want to temper expectations just a little bit. Because he's not in the same kind of breakout mold as the Jamar Chases in the world and the Jalen Waddles. He, he's not going to have that kind of opportunity in Baltimore. I know there's not the, the other options, maybe Andrews, uh, outside of Andrews. But, but he's, he's a guy that is going to have to, have to work so hard for, for those big games. Where maybe some of these other guys don't have to quite as much, and and that's all because of the coaching staff, that that 1990s type offense that they run there, plus Lamar running all over the place, and and just Lamar himself, he's a, he's not he's reactionary, quick quick trigger, get the ball out quick, or he's scrambling and creating those second chance opportunities. We'll see if Rashad Bateman can m- take advantage of those and, and get
0: open this, on those seconds. This day, styles. Dan, we're going to look for back on and as the day that you said that Kadarius Tony was cash and Rashad Bateman was not, and we're going to laugh and have have some good good times about how Kadone, how Tony did not finish yeah. as a wide receiver. All right, one. you write
1: it down. Let's remember <laughs> it at the end of the season. I love Bateman. I love Tony too. These guys are all great. Um, we have so many good players to talk about. Really, uh, I, I just. Yeah. Maybe I'll regret it. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, let's move on to the next guy. This guy is cash for me. I love Elijah Moore. We, we talk about underdog all the time. They're, they're one of our favorite sites out there. Of course, we're playing in these best ball mania threes. I want Elijah Moore on all those teams and I don't care. I, I always talk Matt about the quarterback hookup. I want that connection. I want those two to meld. I, I like a elite quarterback with these young wide receivers he doesn't have any of that stuff, and he has more competition for touches. A, a high-priced rookie, uh, you know. We mentioned Corey Davis's name earlier. He's still there and, and is going to get targets. Uh, Elijah Moore is the best wide receiver on that roster. They want to throw the football. There's going to be there, there's going to be a step forward for their young quarterback. I, I really do believe that Zach Wilson will be will be a top twenty quarterback this season, and that all adds up for me to Elijah Moore having his, his true breakout this year. And I, I know some might argue that Elijah Moore had a, had a bit of a breakout last year, right after, after coming back from the injury, he had a handful of really nice games where, where he burst. He even had a wide receiver one overall finish, seven catches, 84 yards and two touchdowns and followed that up the next two weeks with touchdowns, including an eight for one forty one run. So, so there was a, there was a like a 6 week stretch I think where he was he was a wide receiver 1 in there. He finished or wide receiver 1 overall. He finished wide receiver 8 in week 13 as well. He had a couple of wide receiver 27, wide receiver 28 type finishes. He had a great stretch proving that he belongs in this league and he can get open. He can get open with with the best of these young young wide receivers. And that that's going to turn into wide receiver one type finishes in 2022 his true breakout is coming here in a few months
0: yeah i i really like elijah Moore too it's a shame that that quad injury sidelined him for the i think week 13 on i think something like that week 14 on towards the end of the season there um otherwise we would probably be talking about him closer to guys like you know, I I mean, I don't know. I I would kind of prefer him to Devonta Smith straight up at this point. So I was going to say we we talking more about some of these guys we've already talked about, um, but I kind of already prefer him to that. I do have a little bit of, of worry about um, volume this season. I do think that Garrett Wilson is going to be – maybe not this season, maybe not in 2022, but I think long-term Garrett Wilson it, it re- takes over the, you know, the quote-unquote wide receiver one for the jets uh for this season we also have Corey davis to worry about uh, and we have a brand new rookie running back to to worry about too who we want to take as much pressure off of zach wilson as possible and i think the way to do it is going to be to feed a guy like Brees hall um so i think there might be some volume concerns but he's obviously shown that he's good uh and has the experience has a one-year experience lead on on uh garrett wilson so uh for this year i'm gonna say cash i don't think the break it is going to be going to be huge, going to be gigantic, however you want to phrase it. But I do think he's going to be usable every single week in fantasy, and and that's something we would expect from a guy like this uh, in year two.
1: Is he a top 24 wide receiver in
0: 2022? Ooh, that's tough. He was like wide receiver f- Fifty or forty-six, something like that. I looked this the other, last, 51, yeah. So I, I looked think. this up the other yeah. day. Um, so that's a that's a real big jump. I'm gonna say top thirty-six. I'm not I'm not gonna jump to top twenty-four, but I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Yeah, it's it's gonna take
1: a a top twenty-four finish for it to be considered a breakout. I would say um, he showed he showed the upside to do those kinds of things last year with that stretch. He's wide receiver twenty-eight in our rank, in our ADP right now. Guys like Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, and Keenan Allen are a few few spots ahead of him. Even Mike Evans, I, you know, you know, I hate Evans. I'm the Mike Evans hater. I'm taking Elijah Moore yeah. over him. I'm taking Elijah Moore over Keenan yeah. Allen. I'm probably taking him over Jerry Judy, although I might, may regret that down the road. And I'm definitely taking him over Amari Cooper uh Devontae smith comes in a co- just a couple picks after him at wide receiver 30 i i think i want elijah moore over and and rashad bateman for that matter over all the rookie wide receivers with the exception of drake you Leonard.
0: want him over Kadarius tony that's really the
1: the berry in the lead there <laughs> oh boy we are we're digging deep Kadarius <laughs> tony is free he is so cheap He's, right yeah, now he is. I, he give is. me Kadarius he is. tony and all my leads. i just
0: i don't i mean I think if I think if Corey Davis kind of fades to the background, he could have a true breakout and hit that top twenty-four mark. Um, but if, if if Davis is heavily involved again, then I, I, I struggle to see it. If if we're also predicting a Garrett Wilson breakout, I, I'm not. Give, give me Elijah
1: Moore as a breakout, not not Garrett Wilson. Um, how about Rondale Moore? another highly drafted wide receiver a year ago. And we got, we got to call that a disappointing rookie season, right? Um, Rondale Moore didn't do what we expected him to do really in Arizona. We thought there was going to be those opportunities for those quick screens. We saw a couple of those and he had the one massive game, uh, right early in the season where he finished wide receiver six overall. But outside of that, his best finish wide receiver 21, then 29, and then you got to go down the, down the list quite a ways, all the way to wide receiver 50. That's his fourth best game as a rookie. He wasn't getting a lot of those opportunities outside of those two games. Just 54 catches for 435 yards and only the one touchdown, which kind of came on yeah. a fluky type play in 14 games, Matt. Rondale Moore is almost impossible to call a, a cash player right now. I think the decision comes down to, is he trash or Or are we stashing him for that future break? this
0: one is uh the biggest heartbreak of the 2021 season for me um, but i I'm, I agree i can't we can 't call him cash i 'm not going to call him trash though he 's still stashed me. I still have some hope for him the The biggest issue I think with rondale Moore is and, and we knew this was going to happen that he was going to be targeted a lot in those short areas and just to get the ball in the hands and let him do what he does, but he only got sixty four targets doing that and Within uh, his average depth of target last season was 1.2, just barely past the line of scrimmage. And with that low of an A dot, you're going to need just a massive amount of volume. You're going to need 100 plus targets to really be fantasy relevant. So we need to get him used farther down the field. We need to get him more volume. And I think those things are possible, at least in the early part of the season while Hopkins is out. You know, hopefully he plays a bigger role. We have Marquise Brown kind of running all over the field, especially on those deep routes. We have Zach Ertz and, and maybe Trey McBride, you know, hanging out in the middle of the field and then everything else hopefully short gets gets funneled to rondale Moore. i have to think that you know the the, the 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 capital they spent on this guy uh and how they've talked him up and how him and kyler have have kind of meshed uh personality wise and all that that they're going to want to get him more involved so i'm going to call him a stash i just hope he gets more volume and it gets a little bit more used more a little bit down the field than just right at the line of scrimmage
1: I I don't know about the whole breakout for Rondale Moore. 5'7", hundred and eighty pounds. You said you mentioned your biggest it, it issue with Rondale. Mine is that that he's he he's not he's not a real NFL wide receiver. I, I don't think he can get those opportunities farther down the field. And when you have Hollywood Brown on the roster, you need him to catch some of those tunnel screens, those bubbles and stuff to to keep that defense guessing that that's coming next so you can fake those opportunities and get those shots down the field to Hollywood, right? Those Some of that has to go to, to Marquise Brown. So if he's taking some of that away, if the running backs are going to take some of that short yardage type opportunities away, and if they're going to continue to use uh, a tight end as that quick option as well, like they did late last season after the Ertz trade, I'm just not 100% sure that Rondale gets a whole lot of those opportunities. Now, maybe early in the season they scheme him up because they need another guy on the field when, when Hopkins is gone, and maybe, maybe they unlock it, right? And then they realize, we got to use this all the time. I hope that happens because that one game that we mentioned earlier, Matt, that was, a, that was a great game against the Vikings, 7 for 114 and a touchdown, and they used him as that threat on that quick quick game. I just don't know how how it, what makes a breakout for him. Currently, wide receiver fifty eight. Guys like Alan Lazard, Alec Pierce, Jacoby Myers, and Wandale Robinson are the names around him uh, for wide receivers on the RADP list. Matt, who's the? I mean, what's it take for him to be a true breakout? He he has to jump into the top thirty for sure, and I don't think I see that coming. I'm going to call him a stash, but but I'm closer to trash.
0: I think if cash. he could get up to a weekly, a weekly flex play for us, if if he if he does that, you know, to a point where he's usable in, in most weeks or at the very least on bye weeks and injury fillers and kinds of like that, then I can think we can call. I mean, it's obviously not a true breakout, but for him to become usable would be a big upgrade for him. I, I I wish they would get him more involved in the backfield. It looks like they did actually give him eighteen touches out of the backfield as a as a running back. But my player comp for him coming out. Was Darren Sproles, and you know maybe he can't be the full like the the running back style what Darren Sproles could be, but I think he could certainly be that kind of receiver out of the backfield. Um, so I, I don't know. I could talk about Ron Deal more forever. I just love him. I just I, I hope something I so hope something comes of of all that talent, uh, and it doesn't get wasted there. Uh, but you're right, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to see uh, a typical, like, like a, a traditional breakout. It's tough to see him getting up into that wide receiver two range without uh, a lot more a, a lot more targets, I guess we should say, and a lot more distance from that line of scrimmage. Yeah, I,
1: I talked myself out of you're it. You're calling
0: him you're, you're trash? I'm, I'm off. You're out? I'm, oh. I'm going to trash. If, all it's going to take is a
1: bad season, and we're going to be talking about him like we talk about like Paris Campbell right now, who's wide receiver 84. So, you know, it, it's going to take one more season of what he did or or even getting hurt, and I think people will be off the train. So I guess I, I would sell him for what I can get at this point. we got a whole bunch more guys that we want to talk about, Matt. So let's just clump a bunch of these yep. guys together. D, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, Terrace Marshall Jr., Josh Palmer, Diami Brown, Amari Rogers, and Nico Collins, Matt. This is kind of a group of probably pick between round two and about round four in the NFL draft a year ago is there any cash here is there are there any true breakouts in this group
0: I think the only one that we could consider a possible cash would be Josh Palmer uh, and he's been running with the he's been okay. running with the ones in in that very talented uh, Los Angeles Chargers offense um, so far in 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 the offseason. Um, And if he's if he's the three, you know, I think it's going to be tough between him and Jalen Guyton. If they want that speed element in there, then it's probably going to be Guyton. You know, he's a guy who just draws, you know, draws the coverage downfield because he can run fast, but doesn't doesn't generally do a whole lot when he's actually targeted. Palmer, on the other hand, I think can uh, do a lot more. If he gets those targets and then, you know, we speculated all last offseason during the, the the draft process and after he was selected by the Chargers that he was going to be the Mike Williams replacement once Mike Williams moved on. Uh, similar skill set, all that, but then Mike Williams got resigned. So now we're looking for you know, as him being that wide receiver three, or potentially being an injury replacement for Mike Williams, who we know have struggled with that throughout his career. So I think there's a scenario where Palmer could end up as a as a top twenty four kind of kind of wide receiver if everything was to break right. Um, that's the only cash from this group I see for stashes. I still like Terrence Marshall and uh, Diami Di- Di- Brown. I think the rest of them are probably trash. I don't know if you have any love still for Amari Rodgers, but the rest of these guys I'm out on.
1: Yeah, I'll stash Amari Rodgers just because Cobb can't be there forever. Um, I think the other name, I, I don't think you mentioned him there, uh, for me is Nico mm-hmm. Collins with a little bit of potential. hes He's at least a stash for me a good opportunity this year outside of Brandon Cooks, there's not an established NFL wide receiver. He could be the wide receiver too, maybe even the possession guy that that catches more balls than we expect him to. I you know, I've been a guy that likes John Mechie, but he's coming off an injury. I just don't see a whole lot of talent on that roster at this point. Nico Collins flashed a little bit last year, so his name kind of stuck out to me. Josh Palmer was a guy I I put as a a stash as well, and it was because of what you said. Guyton's going to get on the field. He can't have that wide receiver three spot to himself all year long. He's only going to play half the time. I don't think he can have the big breakout. If I had to bet on one of those names being a breakout, it is Nico Collins Uh, after that. It's all stashes. Palmer, Amari Rodgers, and that's really about it. Maybe Terrace Marshall. Maybe. He's kind of on the edge. Any other names worth mentioning here? Second-year breakouts. Who could take even a moderate step forward that that might catch some dynasty managers ears here. Yeah. There's
0: a lot of these guys that we re- really liked uh, in the later rounds, you know, at this point last season, Amir Smith, Marcetti for the, for the Vikings is, is interesting. You know, KJ Osborne kind of broke out last season. Um, so he's probably got that role for this year, but you know, Adam Thielen's not going to be there forever. So maybe he can, uh, do something there. Uh, Jalen Darden was somebody we were really interested in, but you know now he's he's in Tampa Bay, a lot less crowded than it was was last season. So small school guy, there's some hope there. Uh, Semi Fahoku for Dallas, you know. Sh- after, after C.D. Lamb, there's a lot of question marks. You know, Jalen told what we're interested in, but um, he was somebody who I, I liked and last, processed last season. So those are a couple, a couple of names. Cornell Powell we were drafting just basically because he landed on Kansas City. And, you know, there's no, there's no true number one there, right? So I guess it's still possible, a lot of bit pieces, but he would have to really show something in camp uh, to, to kind of get to that point where we were calling him a stash. Uh, I think that's kind of it for me maybe the only other name that i would mention
1: is anthony schwartz maybe maybe he gets a shot to be that deep threat in cleveland i don't know if there's going to be any breakouts in cleveland if they if if they end up with a with with jacoby Brissett under center right um so so maybe his name is worth mentioning as a stash a guy that could how about
0: how about daz newsom just and just simply because of after darnell mooney and i guess if Cole Komet's not a wide receiver, obviously, but uh outside of those two, there's not a whole lot of guaranteed targets there, I would I would say. So maybe maybe Daz Newsome, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it, it comes down to when you're looking this at names this deep, we're we're kind of looking for an opportunity. Where could a guy get on the field? And and maybe Newsom carve something out. you know, I haven't seen much as far as you know him making any noise in camp or anything like that pringle is there they drafted um the tennessee kid valus jones jr um so they gave equinemia st brown some money i think they gave david moore some money so i don't know i don't know if that bears thing is going to work out I, i think they got the quarterback thing right i think they probably got a good play caller most likely um so somebody has to catch the ball right uh outside of darnell mooney i think i think it's probably pringle there i, I doubt it's daz newson uh we got through as many of these guys as we we could we wanted to get some listener questions in i guess we didn't quite save enough time for that we had a lot of wide receiver talk hopefully ryan's back next week and we can talk to him a little bit for matt i am dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.